Hey, this is the Broad Cancer Podcast by Ella. Welcome to episode four, Taking Stock 2022. So for starters, number one, 2022 has been something for me, for all of us, I believe, or I'm certain of, and of everything that has happened within the year, some of the wins is that I'm particularly excited that after years of self-doubt, crippling fear, endless questions um and just some bit of darkness or whatever that heavy cloud is is that i managed to kickstart the broad concept podcast and i believe not blowing my own horn but i believe it's one of its kind in the sustainability space in the country and so i can't wait to see what comes out of it and how far we go with the broad concept podcast two uh also as you might be aware uh, my current employer has had a role to play in this direction and i think this is subconscious for them however i'm extremely grateful to the people quote-unquote organizations the support of my family and friends who have just been around me uh, and have been there for me and dean tyra until the first step was done which was recording you know the first episode number three there has been a noted um, increase in corporates and organizations launching their sustainability reports. We did ours at some point in June. And after that, others have also come on board, you know. And so it's it's really great to see organizations are already tracking their footprint as well as heating carbon neutrality, which is relatively a new thing in the country. But it's it's great and I'm really excited and I can't wait to see all these companies also coming on board and you know just being super super conscious about the environment so who knows perhaps next year we might feature such as those so let me know if it's something that you guys would be interested in hearing and you know um diving more onto the topic number four we do have a new law on sustainability this is the sustainability waste management act which would make an interesting read if you're interested so we can break down some of those things here maybe invite the cs the ps sustainability uh field that is a ministry of environment and forestry who knows claiming it for 2023 um so let's be on the lookout for that but the new law is quite interesting um has some nuggets that you know if if we could follow the laws or if we could abide by some of those things if not all would be far far ahead quite far ahead number five with a new administration comes with new enforces new administration because we just had our general election so we have new president new cabinet secretaries so um a lot has changed from the previous government or the previous administration so we the sustainability enthusiast have a new leader at the helm this is a new cabinet secretary a ministry for forestry and environment so a bit still young we have an episode or two that shines some light at the ministry in the sustainability journey or at least in some of the things that we're discussing or we're going to discuss another key office in place that wasn't there with the previous administration but is in now with the new administration is the ministry of east african region arid and semi-arid lands and regional development it's felt quite the heat because we've been going through a drought really bad um haven't experienced this in over four decades so it's quite another ministry to watch out and see what they're going to do especially because of the arid and semi-arid lands which now grants you know next point number six kenya experiences the worst drought in over 40 years water sources have dried up crops have failed families have lost their livestock more than four million people grappling with acute hunger more than four million displaced in search of water safety and survival malnourished and anemic conditions i mean it's, it's, it's crazy more than 23 counties are affected 
which has created a roller coaster of one issue after the other. And uh, we can all agree that sustainability definitely has a role to play in this and we human beings and how, you know, how we're part and parcel of, of Mother Nature. So yeah, that's not fun, but it's happened. Many countries now bear witness to the unsettling phenomena of rivers, canals, and water reservoirs that are drying up on account of droughts and heat waves occasioned by climate change. Kenya is no exception. The northern arid and semi-arid rangelands of our country have been gravely impacted by drought, whose severity has not been seen or experienced in 40 years. 3.1 million residents of these assals are now severely food insecure on account of scarce rainfall over three consecutive seasons, leading to poor crop and pasture. This unprecedented confluence of intensely adverse events has exacerbated water scarcity and starvation worsened by rising food prices, thus complicating Kenya's roadmap towards delivering good quality of life to our citizens and hindering the progress to achieving SDG number six and SDG number two. Uh, then we look at number seven, and at the bulk of it is definitely COP27, which brought together in excess of 40,000 participants to share ideas, solutions, and build partnerships and coalitions. So people from different walks, indigenous people, local communities, cities, religious leaders, etc., etc., youth, I know I've said etc., but yeah, youth and children, you know. Um, all who showcased how they are addressing the climate change um, issue and how it has, you know, impacted their lives. So just for this one, um, happened sometime in November. So just allow me to delve deeper into this. Among the decisions made during COP27 was re-emphasizing the critical importance of empowering all stakeholders in engaging um, in the climate action, in particular through the five-year action plan on action for climate empowerment and the intermediate review of the gender action plan. So this might be able to explain why the gender involvement we saw from KOT, that is Kenyans on Twitter, about a month or two ago was, was all about. So this outcomes will also allow all party countries to work together to address imbalances in participation provide stakeholders with the tools required to drive greater and more inclusive climate action at all levels. Yeah, with me to that point? Fantastic. Have you guys heard of the fund yet? And no, no, I'm not talking about the Hassler fund that was launched uh, last month, that is 30th of November by um, His Excellency President William Ruto under the Ministry of Cooperatives, Macro, Small and Medium Enterprises. No, not definitely not that one. I mean the other fund the loss and damage fund. So bear with me, following all the deliberations and negotiations that were made during or were had during COP27, party countries reached what was a historic and critical decision to quote unquote, establish and operationalize a loss and damage fund, particularly for nations most vulnerable to climate crisis. It seems the fund was an agenda from the developing nations and the developed nations were not for it. Hmm push and pull, the haves and the have-nots continues. Therefore, a mosaic approach that is the developed nations that would involve funding from many different existing institutions, e.g. World Bank, developing banks, existing climate funds, etc. And on this resistance from both groups, leaders from developing nations said it's all talks from leaders of developed nations 
and they just never walk the talk you know they just talk and then last minute guess what they agreed quite peculiar yeah in my opinion i think it's quite peculiar but i mean if you're interested you could look more into it and make your own decision or make your own standing however there was a catch and this is what they said the donor base for any such fund must be expanded to include countries that were classed as developing when the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, remember, we looked into this, UNFCCCC, was signed in 1992, and that's carrying no obligations under the new treaty, but which have since had burgeoning emissions and rapidly growing economies. Chiefly, that meant China, the world's second biggest economy, responsible for more cumulative greenhouse gas emissions to date than any other country apart from the US. There was an episode that looked at different forums and partnerships. I think it was the last uh, episode that we dropped uh, that has something to do with this. Now, what we didn't highlight was G77. Ever heard of that? Ideally, it was formed in June of 1964. It was and still is a group of 77 countries that demanded for a new international economic order, a system that would give them real control over their natural resources without being victims of neocolonialism. That is a new form of colonialism in trade practiced by the former colonial powers. And yes, they are the largest intergovernmental forum of developing countries in the United Nations system. So there were talks and attempts with a goal allegedly being to divide the G77 bloc because, you know, divide and conquer. And who wants to divide? You know. Who wants to conquer? You know. So, whew, seemed like pretty something uh, COP27 was. From reports and interviews all over, it seems like most of the sessions were pretty heated. Some countries were called out and blame allocated with words. Some leaders were termed as quote-unquote untransparent, unpredictable, and chaotic. I mean, talk of drama and zero chills, my goodness. Wow. Sharma, uh, the president COP26, saying, and I quote, I said in Glasgow, the pulse of 1.5 degrees centigrade was weak unfortunately it remains on life support and all of us need to look ourselves in the mirror and consider if we have fully risen to the challenge over the past two weeks this is period of cop 27 remember this we highlighted it in the latest sport it touched on the paris accord and our president's inaugural speech at kerserani still about the 1.5 degrees centigrade paris agreement also referred to as the Paris Accords or the Paris Climate Accords is plainly an international treaty on climate change. It is legally binding and was adopted by 196 parties at COP21 in Paris on 12th December 2015. However, it got into force much later. The main goal being limiting global warming below 2 degrees Celsius but preferably 1.5 degrees Celsius. At the end, it is to achieve a climate neutral world by mid-century. Among the central concerns of my government will be climate change. In our country, women and men, young people, farmers, workers and local communities suffer the consequences of climate emergency. It is not too late to respond. To tackle this threat, we must act urgently to keep global heating levels below the 1.5 Celsius. Help those in need and end addiction to fossil fuels. Africa has the opportunity to lead the world. 
But all in all, it seems to have been a disappointing two weeks of COP27. Why? Allegedly, because it let the world's biggest emitter off the hook. No questions asked, no cap. Yeah, that must have been something, but uh, I'm, I'm sure lessons were learned, taken or something. Eight. Uh, and so much more. Like, I think COP27 crowns it all. So the next spot will definitely drop in in the next year, <laughs> next week, 2023. Um, and I am excited about the rich content that we'll definitely have for the year. A sneak peek, expect lots and lots of guests, industry shakers and movers, fans and followers, and so much more. P.S. Global emissions can't fall until the world's biggest emitter reduce their emissions. However, this is not a way out for other emitters, big or small. That's it for this episode. Check out BC on Instagram and Twitter at TBC Podcast KE. Share this episode and subscribe. Tune in again for our next episode. I've been your host, Ella, and this has been Taking Stock 2022. Let's journey together.